Everett Reynolds is an up-and-coming artist. He's done some really big murals three years ago, four years ago. Not many people knew who he was, but now he's done some really big events in Chicago and he met a principal, right? And the principal Mm. said, hey, can you come in and do a mural? And so from that one mural that he did, he's been able to do tons of murals across the United States. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Life Money You podcast. I'm Bjorn, and uh, I'm really excited today. We've got a special guest, Brandon, who works at BCU. And welcome, Brandon. Glad to have you here today. We've got a cool topic that we're going to cover today. But before we get started, as always, it was just recently Father's Day, and we've got to have a bad dad joke. (laughs) So, Brandon, why are penguins socially awkward? I don't know. Because they can't break the ice. <laughs> but um, I actually like that one. Yeah. My kids got me this book for Father's Day, a dad joke a day. And I'm not sure whether I should think that they like dad jokes or my jokes are so bad <laughs> that they got me a new book. We'll put this in the show notes. It's a great book. Love but, it. I had to buy one for my seven-year-old who likes oh jokes okay (laughs) i love that my kids just laugh no matter what even if they don't understand the joke and let's be honest we adults do that sometimes too exactly (laughs) so brandon welcome to the life money you podcast so glad to have you today why don't you just tell us a little bit more about your role at bcu and i'd love to hear even about your family and just other things that you'd like to share awesome i appreciate the opportunity to be on the podcast so my name is brandon ewing i am a senior manager with BCU, responsible for two of our community branch locations in Northern Illinois, being Crystal Lake in Gurney, Illinois. I've been with BCU just under eight years, or I think August 15th, actually be my eight year anniversary. Nice. Excited to continue growing in the organization and have three boys, Isaiah, Nehemiah, and Josiah. So they keep me very busy. Also, currently sit on local school board in Waukegan, Illinois, which is where I live. And I've done that for the last six years. Super excited to just talk and learn and have a conversation. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. So three boys. I don't know what that's like at all because I have four girls. Oh, wow. Maybe our families will get to connect up someday and we can (laughs) swap stories of what that's like. But okay. So eight years at BCU. That's great. Congrats on that. And Have you had any other roles during your time at BCU? Yeah, so I started off as a member service representative, so a universal banker on the front lines at our Gurney location. I've been a branch experience manager of one of our SEG partners. I've also been the assistant branch managers of Vernon Hills and Gurney and been the manager of Gurney before my new role in which now I'm managing other managers, right? Where I'm leading leaders. And so it's been a journey, but I've grown as BCU has grown. And that's been one of the things that's exciting about working for an organization that is seeing the level of growth that BCU has is it brings opportunity. Awesome. I've been a, I've been a factor of that. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And I know you've also done some work using the Life Money U program out in the community and teaching on different financial topics. And so I know we've had lots of different conversations throughout my time here. You've been here a little bit longer. What are some other things that you do like outside the office? You talked about being a board member, but like what else, what are some other interests you have, other organizations you're a part of? Tell us more. 
For sure. So I sit on the Waukegan School Board, as I mentioned, and that takes up a large amount of my time. So it's a 16,000 student district, 22 school buildings. So typically, if I'm not at BCU, I'm doing something with one of the schools as well as my kids are our school age. So there's always a lot of sports activities. My passion, one of them is I love a good barbecue grill. For Father's Day, my wife was like, you could do whatever you want, just no grilling, right? Because <laughs> Yeah, I love to barbecue and I love my grill. Other than that, it is a lot of community service type things. I sit on also the board of youth and family counseling, as well as organization hashtag just do it underscore vote. And then I am the co-founder of Millennials Connected, which is a networking group that I founded back in 2017 with one of my childhood friends. So, oh, interesting. That's great. Yeah. So you had microwave dinners then? Microwave dinners for fathers? <laughs> no, she took And I'll take you where to go. Okay. All right. All right. Well, that's good. Garage, but yeah, I was like, I would have much rather had my grill. So maybe oh, I'll get it this week. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yes. I love when you're out in the summer and just, we were out for a bike ride last night as a family and you're just smelling the grill. And I, I'm oh, always yeah. trying to identify, okay, what kind of grill? What are they grilling? And just by the smell, it's like, the new cut grass smell. It's just such a summer thing, especially those of us in the Midwest. We don't get it very much throughout the year, so we got to appreciate it. We learn to appreciate it for sure. I know. Totally. I wanted to dig in a little bit on that. The last thing you said there, that networking group that you were talking about, and that's why we asked you to be part of this today. And so I was just curious if you could tell us, maybe even just to start, like, how'd you even come up with this idea to start a networking group? And walk us through like the early stages of that, because I think it's an important topic, especially to, in today's day and age for kind of anyone that's looking to just meet new people, grow business, grow personal brand, all those kinds of things. So how'd you think of this idea? Very early on in my career with BCU and even in a previous role, I would belong to different chambers and different types of groups or organizations. Always really good information. I got a lot of exposure. I was able to learn what was happening in the community, but there were two things that I quickly began to realize. I was usually the youngest person in the room, and then I was also, more times than not, one of a few or a handful of minorities. And so mm. I began to identify, okay, there's these groups that have all of this information and access and resources. However, there's an entire demographic that I felt was being overlooked. And so it really began as a way to bridge the two worlds, right? So those early career professionals, the millennials, along with the organizations that had all of this great content and this information. And that is where the idea came from. And then even further than that, me and one of my close friends would always have a holiday party, right? So from the time we were in high school till when going away to college, coming back, doing different things, we would always say for the holidays, we're gonna get everybody together. And as our network and circle began to grow and expand based on our different experiences, I thought it would be cool. And she agreed to figure out a way to bring all of those groups together more consistently. It's because you meet someone, maybe you got a high school friend that went into finance and then meet somebody in your life journey who is an entrepreneur. I need you two to know each other. <laughs> and so yep. that's where the concept came. It's just how do we get people access and bring people together, which hence the name millennials. At the time, it was under 40, right? When we started now, 
oh, this millennial is, I want to say 43. But when we started, it was between 2023 to 40. Okay. And and connected was how do we get them together? And that was the main impetus behind it. Nice. Yeah. I like how you were seeing an issue, seeing a problem that needed to be solved and a couple of different problems that you were seeing and feeling yourself. And that's often the best way to approach entrepreneurship, approach a new business idea is really solving a problem that's out there. And sounds like you took something that was existing too, just in a kind of a small form and expanded it. So after you guys decided we should do this and we should start right. getting more people involved, can you just walk us through the steps that you took? Like how you shared a little bit of that, but what happened after this started to have more meat to the bones on this idea? Yeah. So the first thing that I did was go back to some of those same organizations that I was a part of. And I said, Hey, I have this idea. I also don't have any money. <laughs> so one of the ways that I can give you exposure or bring more people potentially to your chamber and networking group is if you would help sponsor our first event. One of our networking partners is the uh, Greater Working Development Coalition. And they also at the time owned a outdoor seasonal restaurant on the lakefront. So I said, what's your slowest night? Thursday. Great. Give it to nice. me. Right? I love it. <laughs> so we took their slowest night. They gave us 500 bucks, which allowed us to buy a DJ and do some sponsored ads on Facebook. So that's what we, we found a location that we thought would be cool and attractive and solving another need. It was at the time, one of my favorite hangout spots. So why not go to some place that I enjoyed and ask them to be a part of this? So we began advertising 30 days out. What we found is if we started too early based on experience, people would fall off. So it's much easier to agree to something that's happening two and three months away. But then when it shows up on your calendar, you're like, yeah, maybe I'm not going. Whereas we wanted all our events to be free or near fee free. And we wanted it to feel exciting. We had a Thursday. We started 30 days before with promotion. And then we created a list, which is just who are some of the spheres of influence to our key demographics. So for us, it was entrepreneurs, creatives, and young professionals. Those were the three groups that we originally started. We didn't care if they were in banking, car sales, mortgages, just what are you doing? Are you a professional? Do you have your own business or are you a creative artist? And then we reached out to probably three in each of those areas. And then we also made it a priority to make it very diverse. So what we did was simply, hey, then I'll use the name. I'm sure she won't mind, Alyssa. I see you have a, your mortgage company is starting. You are now a a licensed realtor. We want to profile you and state that you're coming to the Millennials Connected Networking event. And we would just get a short bio. This is what they do. This is somebody that you can connect with. And then would ask that they'd be attending with their network. And our first event, we had 86 people that came out on the Thursday. Oh, man. That's awesome. It became their most profitable Thursday of the entire summer. And so we were really excited about that. And it gave us a really good momentum for our future. For sure. That's a lot bigger group than I would have guessed (laughs) that you, if you were just starting out. What do you think led people to be interested in doing this? One, I think the, what is it? Uh, fear of missing out. I think that was uh, sure. a, a real tactic that we use is how do you generate excitement? It was something new. It was something in which they did see people who they knew, people who they maybe wanted to connect with. 
and just providing a platform. I think a lot of people, to your point, but you're in our disconnected. And so it was an opportunity in a structured way, provide a space for people to be able to come together. So it's not weird for you to just walk up and start having a conversation. We're here to talk. We're here to have a conversation. And I think that's much different than going out to a club or going out for drinks or a bar with some friends. The fear of missing out along with the people that were involved, the venue being cool and it being free, which made it very accessible to a lot of different people. Yeah. So I seem to hit on all a number of different things and maybe even like the timing of this too. If it started in a season of the world where (laughs) we were starved for that connection, that too probably helped in some ways. And so walk us through. So you had this first big event, 86 people, got some momentum. What happened next? Did you just keep doing events? And did you tell everyone, tell five friends or <laughs> how'd you expand it? Yeah. So one of the things is even at the time, my, the co-founder, Jay Peoples was in school going for a master's and eventually law degree. I was very busy with my career as well. So the concept, the idea of Hosting something every week, every other week, even once a month was a little bit overwhelming. So another thing that led to bigger events is that we made a decision very early on to only host events quarterly, right? Okay. So that also gives uh, us time to build and to to connect in between. And then going back to the original point (laughs) is it's also to realize that there are organizations that are doing this work really well. What we would do is send out just information. So if the local chamber or other networking group or in Lake County, we have something that is like an entrepreneur incubator, they're having an event. We just send it to our membership, right? And people can choose to participate or they don't. And then what we do is we, three months from now, we have another one and we give out more information. So we became a hub that brought people together and then based on either interest or skill, we would recommend or refer them out to other organizations that were doing really good work. Sure. I love that. You're learning from other groups and sharing what you're doing and sharing what they're doing too, just to continue to add value to people. And that's something we talk a lot about here at the Life Money You program is really wanting to just keep providing value. (laughs) So hopefully this conversation's value to those of you that are listening, but I think We want to continue to give things that are useful, practical, helpful. And I think networking group, especially in this time of the world, is just a really important thing to to consider. Let's fast forward a little bit. Where are you guys at now? How many people are part of this group? Are you still doing quarterly? Have you changed anything from learnings recently? Yeah, our organization, because we were so heavily focused on in-person events, We took a major hit, obviously, during the pandemic, and we would still try and we would try to provide other opportunities to connect virtually, and we had some success with that, but just that wasn't what our core membership (laughs) was interested in. So we did some smaller type events like we had because we had the creative component. We would sponsor some smaller type events during the pandemic, bringing people together, but much more industry-specific realtors, bankers creatives. There was a female group that started for women entrepreneurs. And then there was a male networking group that started. And that was during the pandemic. Since the pandemic, starting last December, we are back on our quarterly cadence, with the exception of this past fall, only because we experienced a loss in the organization. And so we took off that time 
for that respect. But BCU is actually hosting our summer networking kickoff at our headquarters in Vernon Hills. So oh. we expect a little over maybe 125 people. And this will be hopefully for 2023, getting us back to our normal quarterly cadence. We nice. saw that it worked. We see that there's still interest. When we didn't have our winter one, people reached out, asked, what are we going to do? That shows me that people are still excited. And to your point is that people are still craving that connection. And yeah. that they value from the organization. It's cool how that's, first of all, I had no clue that BCU is now a part of this, which is awesome. And if you're listening and you live in the area, go check it out. Yep. That's sweet. But I love how you're offering this up to different kinds of people. You're bringing in experts in different fields. You're keeping it, sounds like, fairly open to who gets to come to. And what's fun about a networking group is that you just don't really know what's going to come out of it. It, it. I've been to some and I've seen people network really well. And it's just amazing sometimes what comes out of those conversations. If it's focused on a certain topic or highlighting a certain individual Sometimes what comes out of that with a sidebar conversation could be something amazing, could lead to something really big. So like with my kids, sometimes we, in the evenings, we're trying to figure out what to do outside and we go on a little bit of a treasure hunt. So I'll hide something in the yard, they'll go look for it and make it pretty easy. But sometimes when my kids are hiding it, they will tell us right where it is as soon as we start looking, which just defeats the whole purpose. But it's almost like a little bit of a treasure hunt in a networking group. It's almost like you go... Yeah hoping like I'm going to meet the per person or get this idea or get a spark or find someone that has gone through this. There's like a world of possibilities when you show up at something like that. Are there any like stories of any kind of crazy things that have come out of this group at all that yeah, are worth sharing? So we have one marriage. So even when we first started- what? marriage? No we, way. Yeah. When we oh first, my goodness. When we first started off, even with the names, I'm like, Millennials Connected. People know it's geared towards young people. And it's about connection. And then somebody was like, is this like a dating group? And I'm like, no, it's not a dating group. It's not but there were two individuals, Deidre, who at the time was a paralegal, and Latarius, who at the time had a clothing company and was actually the DJ for the event. There's a picture with them. It was the first time they had met. And so we all took like a group photo at the event. And yeah, they got married two years ago. My gosh. On January 1st, and so they met. That at is the, crazy, they, yeah. They credit Millennials Connected. So no, you don't come for marriage. It is not a dating. <laughs> That's not your tagline. It is a possibility. You never know what might no, happen. No, never know. But <laughs> those are some of the things when you talk about personally, me and my co-creator, Jade, that we intentionally do is in between is going out and reaching out to people that we want to make connections with. So I know, again, going back to BCU, I was the branch manager young professional. We had a young creative who was also an entrepreneur. So they did some designs for us as it related to some screens that we needed done. That's a simple way. Everett Reynolds is an up and coming artist. He's done really big murals three years ago, four years ago. Not many people knew who he was, but now he's done some really big events in Chicago and he met a, a principal, right? And the principal hmm. said, hey, can you come in and do a mural? And so from that one mural that he did, he's been able to do tons of murals across the United States. Uh, and those are the simple connections where you take people, let's go have coffee, let's sit down. We've had people come together to start businesses. We've had other spinoffs where people do their, in the three months that we're not meeting, we've had business owners. We've had people that have been 
elected to public office from the group, and that has created more exposure as well. So it's really been working with the millennial demographic has been very rewarding in that there are individuals who four years ago, five years ago, were at different places in their career, and now they're moving into different levels of leadership or entrepreneurship, and the opportunity has been endless. And so we've grown as their spheres of influence have grown. So I can think of tons of stories like that, not that led to marriage, but just led to it. That's, wow, that's amazing. I can't believe that happened. And I can believe some of the other stories, people connecting or getting opportunities out of this or meeting the next business partner or yeah. even just spinning or pivoting off from an idea that they did have to because somebody gave them some feedback or something. So what a cool environment you've established here for people to create together in a way and yeah. and build those relationships. So looking ahead, where do you see this going? Are you going to keep it as it is? Do you have big, any new plans or are people taking this concept and doing it themselves or where is it all going? I think right now we are still in the rebuilding phase. We still do pretty big events. So our last network event that we did have in the fall had over 100 people who attended. But what we know or what we are looking for is greater consistency. So right now we've had at least 223 people that have gone to at least one Millennials Connected event since inception. So we want to get better at tracking our membership and not just calling people a member because they came to one event versus sure. what actually aligns you to the organization. So we have floated a membership model, very affordable, like 10 bucks a year, right? But we are right now in the process of seeing what makes sense, right? If you're now charging somebody and there's that commitment, is quarterly still the best approach? Are there some other things that we may want to do? So we are talking about that. That is just me and Jade. We now have a core group of about 10 that help us with the planning and the running, but we all are volunteers, right? It's not paid all right. other careers. So that is one of the things that we are thinking about. And then also establishing just the landing page or website so that we can create this because people do stand at home. So you got both, right? We want the in-person events, right? How are people connecting and maybe expanding our network outside of Northern Illinois and Southeastern Wisconsin? Yeah. Sounds like a really good plan moving forward. I love the idea of having a little bit more of a hook to people, keep people engaged, and that, that might allow you to do some more things, right, uh, yeah. bring in a little bit of revenue. So just maybe taking a step back now, we've talked a lot about this. What a cool organization. I love how it was just like a passion project that was solving a problem. And here you are. You got a couple hundred people that are part of this community. You've got people coming to these events. You've got your organization you work for <laughs> that's a part of it now. So how cool is that? That Kudos to you for taking the, I guess, the onus on yourself and your co-founder and you guys forming this. And I'm sure you made a lot of really cool connections. And as we think now a little bit about how this ties in with financial wellness and well-being in general, this is like we were talking about at the beginning. Gosh, networking has changed in some ways. It's still the same old principles in some ways of networking, but it's changed a little bit on how you do it because you're not like at the office every single day. Right. Most people aren't. Some people are, but not everybody is now. And so you don't get some of those same sidebar conversations or it's harder maybe in some ways to establish deeper relationships with people you work with or whatever. What are your thoughts on that? Just how about networking in general? Like how important is it? What do people need to do these days to foster it? Maybe even some examples of people you've seen that have done it well. 
And why is that? Why should that be part of your financial well-being? So a lot of questions in there. Feel free to take it wherever you want to go. I think selfishly, right, is aided in my own career progression. I am in banking, retail banking, and retail banking is almost 100% relationships. And again, making the investment early on is where we were 24, 25, many of my friends were not in a position to be thinking about mortgages, right? But because we cultivated those relationships now at 30, 31, 32, that it, those are things that, that they are considering. And so who do they come to? Who do they trust? And because we have the relationship, uh, they come to me. Those businesses that were just getting off the ground, that had a hard time keeping $500 in the bank month to month, now they're turning a profit and they're much more established in who holds those business relationships for all of those entrepreneurs. And so there's been the power of networking. We have a saying is that your network is your net worth, right? Who you know, Mm. what you know, your ability to grow, it benefits you financially regardless of your career, your profession. And that has been one of the things that we really try and stress. Advice to kind of pivot is put yourself out there. I know if you are introvert, many people would not believe this, but I am very introverted. Oh, no way. No, I (laughs) the crowds of people. But what I've found is even as an introvert, there are things that I care about, right? So you talk about financial freedom, you talk about financial literacy. These are things that I can talk about all day. And so if I'm talking about things that I care about, it's very easy for me to engage and interact. So I would encourage people to put themselves out there. LinkedIn has been amazing because I post on LinkedIn. There are people who just through either hashtags or somehow I come up on their feed and I get a, I don't know what they call it on LinkedIn. It's not a DM, but maybe there's a direct message and it's just, oh, sure. hey, let's connect. I see you. You seem interesting. I don't know what fits, but let's go out for coffee. Let's do a Zoom. Can we have a phone call? There is so much power uh, in conversation. And one of the things that you have to be aware of with networking, and Bjorn, you talked about it earlier, is it's mutually beneficial. It's not looking at what you can take from a relationship, but it's looking at what you can give or provide. And so there are many times in which in that moment, that person may not be looking to switch financial institutions. They may not be looking to bring everything over the BCU, but I'm able to connect them with somebody that is able to solve a direct need. And so the person that I make the referral to is appreciative. And the person that I made the referral for is appreciative. And hopefully they can do business and both of them will remember me when there's an opportunity. And so I think those are the people who network the best. It's to be naturally curious, to ask good questions and just put yourself out there. So I hope I answered as many oh, of yeah. the questions right. that I get. Questions. So I think you covered almost all eight. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I was just thinking back on my career and thinking about how did I get the jobs that I have had? I think literally every job that I've gotten except for one. Yeah, I guess everyone but one. I knew someone that put in a good word for me, told me about the position, reached out because it was even in their area and they wanted me to apply. It was all because of networking. It was all because of relationships. And I think people know that like conceptually, but if you're earlier in your career or maybe even later in your career and you just haven't done a lot of networking, it's pretty powerful. And 
I think you nailed it, Brandon, that the key is really to just go into those conversations with a kind of a giving, listening, question asking, almost like a coach sort of mindset where, and I think that's like a real practical thing that our listeners here can take out of this is even if you're not great at this, if you're introverted or not, haven't done a lot of networking, I think looking up good questions to ask people, look up open-ended questions and come ready with a few of those to draw somebody out because we all to some level like talking about ourselves. And so I think asking someone really good questions just to hear their story. If you were, I don't know, a chaplain at a hospital or something, right? You're trying to hear somebody's story and you don't really come in with a big agenda because we're all pretty smart people and we can kind of whiff that out pretty quickly if that's something that's your intent, if you're coming in just with the big sales pitch. So I think giving a lot, providing value, I think even looking for ways to connect then to what somebody's saying to create together is such a great way of networking. I also had a friend of mine who probably one of the best examples that I've ever seen of networking where he was moving on from a job. He was looking for the next fit. Didn't really have a exact idea of where he was going to end up. So he just started meeting with people. He'd buy him lunch, buy him breakfast, do a phone call. And I mean, a lot of people do that. But what I think he did really well was he asked for permission to include that person on a monthly update of the progress that he was making. And we're all busy people. And I was on that list and I kept getting this kind of monthly update of an email that just said, hey, I've met with six more people. I've explored some of these opportunities. I'm still looking. So if you know anyone that would be good to meet with, or if you know any roles that are open, please keep me in mind. I'm narrowing down my search and just a status update almost on how things were going. And his list began to grow and grow and grow. And I think eventually probably had about 100 people on that email. And it was super helpful because then sometimes you meet with someone, right? And then you go back to your busy life and it can be hard to remember that, oh, they're still looking and you're not naturally remembering to call them up and ask them unless they're somebody on a regular basis. So getting that prompt helped me to rethink like, oh yeah, I know some people. And so you send people his way or you send a role his way. And then it's always fun to get that note that says, hey, I landed my next opportunity. I'm so excited. Thanks so much for your support. And I just thought that was an awesome way to network. I think he had maybe gotten that advice from someone else, but that'd be just another real practical tip for somebody that's out there looking. And like you said, put yourself out there. If your company allows it, go to a conference. And I think maybe the best piece of advice brain I've ever gotten is that every opportunity when you're with someone, when you're at a conference, when you're speaking, anything is a job opportunity in a way. Right. It's like an interview. It's a weird way to approach it. And I think being authentic is key there too. You don't want to like just put on a face that is not who you really are because again, people can sniff that out pretty quickly. But I do think that there's an aspect of putting your best foot forward, looking for kind of all opportunities and being open to those conversations so that you don't waste those chances when you're out meeting people and hearing about different companies. And it's fun, right? If you've got that learner mindset or that growth mindset to be like, oh man, I didn't even think about this industry or I didn't even know that company existed or that technology looks, that sounds really cool. I would love to be a part of that someday. And it just expands your horizons and allows you to think beyond or into the future. And we both, I think, have experienced the benefits of networking in our careers because, like you said, relationships really do lead to opportunities and you want your name to come up. You want your name to be right. on that list, on the short list that people think of when they have the next role or they hear of a role 
And they're like, oh, Brandon would be awesome for this role. Let me reach out to him and just see if he's interested at all. And you can always say no if you like the job you're in, but you can also say yes if you're in a spot where you're looking. And I think the thing you talked about is there are formal networking opportunities, which are the you know, organizations, the groups that do it, a millennials connected, but there are also the informal networking opportunities that we all have. People who chat, when you get into the elevator and you just start conversations. I know as an introvert, that, that is not my thing. <laughs> but those are sometimes some of the best conversations. I was just coaching one of my mentees, which is also a way to network and uh, expanding their view of networking. They have a young child who's daycare age. And I said, okay, do you like the daycare? Love it. What's your relationship like with the owners? Good. Do they know that you work for this organization or a organization? Do they know what you do? No, we've never had that conversation. Okay, how many businesses do they have happen to have? Or how many people are at each of those businesses? Oh, they have 10 to 12 employees. I said, it's just one relationship. And you just said, hey, let me buy you a couple. Totally. Hey, what do you want to do? What if we, what if I host a appearance? What if we do some type of, bake sale, like putting yourself out there is networking doesn't have to be some complicated or convoluted thing. It really at its core is about, it is, it's about building relationships and relationships lead to opportunity. And there's no telling where those opportunities will lead to your point of yard. But the first thing that you have to do is have the conversation, shake the totally that meet the person. And right. coffee is always an amazing I go to near near me locally, but I, I'm quick to it's five bucks, you know, and if you buy them a coffee, maybe it's ten dollars. But that ten dollar investment, that 35, 45 minutes of their time, that's invaluable. And people do it with me, too. Hey, I want to connect with this guy. Let me invite him out for a coffee. Let's go grab lunch and let's just see what happens. And typically we walk away and I'll end with this. I don't want to talk too much. But we had a company partner here locally. Really, one of our business services said, hey, Brandon, I think you should meet this individual. Oh, great. She invited me out for coffee. We went out to coffee and I found out that she is a trustee in Gurney, which is one of the communities that we serve. Hey, what are some of the things that you guys are working on? We're just, we really are doing this recycling campaign and what kind of things are you all see? see? Unfortunately, as the economy takes a turn, we're seeing an uptick in fraud. And huh, wouldn't it be cool if we could do some type of shred event as a recycling event, but also to get people to get rid of their documents with personal information? Hey, that's a great idea. BCU had the funds and offered to, to pay for it. The city had every resident's contact information and decided to promote oh, it. Wow! And so we got, I want to say, uh, over 300 people that came out on the Saturday in Gurney to BCU-sponsored Shred event. And then I celebrate the shredded company that came out to shred, the, the contact who made the introduction with the city and helped us set it up. And then someone else is looking and they go, hey, I see that your contact works at one of the companies I've been trying to get into. Hey, let's go have coffee. I love it. These are the needs that we have. These are the needs that we have. And so BCU is now on site working with a company that we had a relationship, but are reestablishing that relationship post COVID. And so a lot of those 
with networking and contacts, people move on. So that's why it's constantly being able to make new introductions and build new relationships is because you can't rely on that same core group forever because people do move on to other things. Yeah, that's great. I think what I heard you describe there is that by just taking the step, like saying yes to the conversation, or it's not a huge step. Like you said, I just bought this person coffee. So $10, maybe an hour of your time total, an hour of their time, you don't have any clue where it could lead. And I think I'm hearing you like just making all these connections. And I don't know if you've always had that in you to be a connector, but I know that's something that if you're listening and you are not a natural connector, this is how you get started in that down that path. You just say yes to some opportunities. You meet with people. Maybe you even talk with a Brandon who is a good connector to just get some advice on how to make connections, how to explore things together. What are some good questions to ask? What are some important things to get to the bottom of in a conversation for people? Because I'm sure there are some closing things to, to leave people with, but all super helpful, really practical. So maybe just to wrap it up here today, as we think about people listening, maybe they're wanting maybe one good nugget of something to take from this. If you were, if someone's listening, they're just wanting to get started today or start building their network, what's like a good piece of advice they can do right now after listening here to go take action? And I know you said one, I'm going to give two really practical. Okay. First one is update your LinkedIn. Go in, just do it once over, make sure that it's there and it's active. If you are looking for a job, open to work. If open to connecting, right? Anything you want to learn about LinkedIn and profiles from YouTube. So that would be one practical thing if you're not already doing it. It's just, it's, it is a social networking site, but specifically for professionals. And I've seen it to be the most productive out of all of the social networking tools that I use personally. No, I'm not endorsed by LinkedIn, but <laughs> I do highly recommend because I've had success. The other thing is what I call relationship mapping is just on a piece of paper, write down, hey, who are my friends? What do my friends do? Who are some individuals that I may want to connect with that I, I would like to build a deeper relationship, but I haven't really made the time? And then who are some friends of friends, either that I know we have similar interests, or I know that maybe I have something that I don't necessarily want to sell them something, but there's something that either I feel I bring value or that they would bring value to me and I want to connect with them. And if you can get between a list of 10 and 20, that'll keep you busy through the rest of the year. Just exactly. So those are two really practical things is that relationship mapping. I do it continuously, right? And when I say continuously for me now at this point, probably once a month, right? Who did I meet with? Who do I need to follow up with? But early on, it was just, what are my relationships? And then how am I cultivating and developing and making those stronger? And that may have been a quarterly or even annual exercise. That's great. Great advice. And I would echo everything you just said. I would say, if you're trying to think of where to start, who to meet with first, I would just look at people that are your friends, family, and your network that you want to be like someday. Or maybe it's a skill set that they're really good at that you're not. And just start there. It doesn't even have to really be a goal to try to find another job or something. It could just be like, I just want to grow my skill set. And honestly, if it's somebody that you enjoy talking with, then that's a great use of time anyways, just to catch up with somebody and you never know where to lead. So I would say think of, and I'm just thinking right now of just people I know in my family, friends that I just 
I love talking with and I don't get to do it enough. And like you said, Brandon, it doesn't have to be every single week, every single day. You just got to do it in a kind of a bite-sized format or a doable amount. So just start with once a month. If you jumped in July, you'd meet with six people. And if you weren't going to do that by the end of the year, that's pretty doable. Once a month, buy them coffee, buy them lunch, catch up with somebody. And it really is a worthy investment, just like investing for the future, right? Like just by automating, by putting a small amount away over a long period of time, it can compound. And that is exactly how networking works. Small amount uh, upfront investment can really compound to big things down the road. So Brandon, any parting words at all that you want to say to our audience? Anything? Just get networking. And I appreciate uh, Bjorn the opportunity to come in and speak and for thinking that I had something interesting to offer. So I appreciate it. Oh, for sure. Thanks for teaching us and sharing your story too. Super interesting. I think that model of this group could be something that somebody listening could take use in their community. So awesome stuff. Thanks so much. This has been another episode of the Life Money You podcast where we talk about life events that you might be going through that relate to money and that have implications for you in your own life. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening and have a great rest of your day. Have a great day.